From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Carl Blaylock. Hi, hello, 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 and welcome into the WATH studios. Carl Blaylock with you. In the studios, we'll have a special guest joining us in just a minute. It is hot out there. You want to know how hot it is? Uh, I had my water in, uh, I, you know, I just had my water in my car. You know, I'm just driving to work, and it's just in the sun, and it, it's gone from a little bit cold to it, it's a warm mouthful, and it's hot everywhere, including in Cincinnati. We're joining us uh, via the phone is the WUB Sports Director and uh, Fox 19 Cincinnati or Fox uh, 19 out of Cincinnati. The sports re- their sports reporter intern Aiden Crawley joins us. And Aiden, how you doing? I'm doing well, Carl. How are you doing? Thanks for having me on. Pretty good. You beating the heat back there in Cincinnati? It, it's got to be just as bad as here in Athens. Oh, Carl, let me tell you, it's brutal. And I made the rookie intern mistake yesterday. I showed up to Bengals training camp wearing pants, you know, because you got to be business casual. I wore some dark pants, and it was hot out there. Not making that mistake again. Going to go with the khaki shorts next time. But let me tell you, it is hot here, um, and it's tough to try and beat the heat, especially with these outdoor practices. And did you at least use sunscreen? uh don't let my mom hear this i did not no no i did not i was out there and i was just embracing the elements if you will i it, it's it's a miracle you're not burnt <laughs> but <laughs> I, I i made it here i made it here that's all that matters uh speaking about cincinnati training camp uh a big big scare today uh, and it looks like it's just a minor calf injury, but still, well, I don't know about minor, but it seems like it's just a calf injury, which is a lot better than anything else. But Joe Burrow needed to be carted off uh, during practice today. Uh, you have any updates on that from what you've seen? Yeah, this is uh, not the conversation I was expecting to have uh, this morning when you when you reached out and everything, a little peek behind the curtain. But as you mentioned, it is a calf injury for Joe Burrow. We aren't quite sure the severity quite yet. Um, But from everything that we've seen and everything that's been reported, it seems like the Bengals have dodged a bullet. You know, you see a guy limping in a non-contact injury, and your mind initially goes to the worst. But as we've already kind of talked about, it's hot out there, Um, plenty of room for cramps. and um, just non-contact-related injuries in that regard. And his teammates didn't seem too worried about it either, Uh, specifically Jamar Chase, um, who told reporters after practice, he said, quote, we always give each other that nod. He gave me that nod. He's all right. He's a strong dude. So it seems like the sentiment around the locker room and just kind of in the building is that it's going to be okay. He might need to miss some time, but it seems like they might have avoided a bullet. 
I mean, but missing time still during training camp. I mean, we saw how important training camp time is really for any player, but especially for Burrow last season uh, when it took him about a good two or three weeks to get back going after getting appendicitis uh, in the preseason last year. Uh, do you think that he's going to be able to get back for any of these games? I mean, I'm guessing it's too early to tell, but still, I feel like that's an important thing uh, for Burrow after, I mean, you don't want to repeat a week one again last year with the five interceptions. Absolutely, absolutely. And talking uh, in the press conference yesterday, Burrow was, that was one of his points. That was one of his main talking points was the fact that he's going into year four and he felt like this was his first time to get a full shot at an NFL offseason, which is crazy to think about because um, of how well he's played on the field and kind of just what we take for granted in the greatness of Joe Burrow is the fact that obviously the appendectomy last season and then the ACL tear, he's never really had a full offseason of work. And it kind of showed a little bit with the rust week one, like you mentioned. And that was Zach Taylor's main talking point was getting out of the starting gates hot. They can't afford to have a start to the season that they did last year, especially with a tough schedule. Um, but it was a point of emphasis for Burrow to try and get as much practice in. Obviously, he's a competitor. He's kind of he's a guy who wants to be out there. He wants to compete. Um, so I feel like once he gets the okay from doctors, he'll be back out there. But again, it's going to be too early to tell when that timetable might be. Uh, he even mentioned uh, wanting to get a couple uh, series in preseason football, which obviously is a talking point for a lot of. NFL teams is if they roll their guy out there for a couple series. Burrow wanted to play. That just goes to show you how much he cares about the game, how much he wants to be around it. So once he's good, I think he'll be out there, but it's just too early to tell right now. It seemed like there was a lot of competitive spirit. I know looking through Twitter yesterday, normally I'm in Red's Twitter, but you know, Cincinnati sports fandoms, they kind of bleed over. And uh, I saw a little bit about how it was real contentious between uh, the offensive and defensive line at camp uh at the beginning of the week. Yeah, absolutely, Carl. It was probably about the third, I think it was the third play from 11 on 11 there at the end of practice. And it was the two main people kind of engaging in that uh, little tussle that you're talking about. It was broken up quickly, nothing too, too major. It was Orlando Brown and Trey Hendrickson. Obviously, Orlando Brown Jr. coming over from the Kansas City Chiefs that eliminated the Cincinnati Bengals in the AFC Championship last year. So that bad blood doesn't necessarily just go away with one offseason. They're obviously teammates. They're working towards that relationship. But from that third play on 11-on-11, there was a small tussle that did take place. They were broken up quickly. Orlando Brown Jr. was quick to apologize in the locker room after. He says he doesn't want to be that guy. He He said in the heat of the moment, you know how football goes. The emotions kind of take over and you kind of black out a little bit. That's kind of how he described it. But there's no bad blood. They're just competitors out there. And they are just trying to move forward from it. Um, and it, it seems like things obviously got sorted out very quickly. But um, Joe Burrow was asked about that at his press conference. And he just he chalked it up to the football culture, the football mindset, just kind of a competitive spirit uh, for these guys who are ready to go. I mean, arguably, I I would say uh, you kind of want that out of your football team. You know, obviously you don't want to get have it get too out of hand, but there's nothing wrong with a little bit of skirmish early when you're getting pads on pads. I mean, 
especially from a new guy in the locker room. I, I think that that just shows that he has that fight. If you're seeing that that early in it, you know, obviously, you know, you don't want to have too big of a fight between two of your stars, really, uh, with Orlando Brown Jr. and Trey Hendrickson. But still, you, you want to see that competitive fight. You want to see stuff like that in practices, I, I think, in my opinion. I'm not Zach Taylor, obviously, but, you know, you want to see that competitive spirit and, you know, you want to have it up to a line. You, you want to you see that kind of pushing and shoving, you know, within the bounds of play, I, I, I think. Uh, yeah, absolutely. These are simulated 11-on-11, uh, trying to create a uh, real play environment, the most real-world environment that you can do within reason uh, leading up to the season. And to your point, Zach Taylor uh, said yesterday at his press conference, he said, quote, these guys are in the starting blocks ready to fire out. And obviously he wasn't wrong later in practice, like you mentioned. These guys are just chomping at the bit to get out there. They're hungry. They kind of have a point to prove uh, this upcoming season as one of the favorites in the league. And like you mentioned, it's a part of the game that you almost want. You want kind of an edge, but obviously within reason, like you said. So Brown did mention the fact that he was kind of out of line and he needs to reel it back in. But kind of like you mentioned, it's just that football environment and people are just excited to get going again. Uh, absolutely. Uh, speaking of stuff, of things to prove, uh, you know, one person, Joey Joe Burrow's obviously proved a lot in his first few years being the Bengals quarterback. But I think that that how much that he has contributed needs to be contributed back to him in his contract. Now he's the only quarterback I believe left from the 2020 stars in that draft class to still need a a. Uh, contract i know obviously i saw a report where he it was kind of a waiting game between burrow and herbert on who was going to get that contract done first uh herbert got his done earlier in the week five year uh 262 and a half million dollar contract what do you think burrow's contract is going to end up being when it comes down to it um it's tough to say because obviously um when you have that contract dispute kind of like what you mentioned it was a waiting game between burrow and herbert it seemed like and it seemed like whoever got the deal first that was going to be the floor for the contract going forward so i expect burrow's contract to be heftier than herbert's uh, that's kind of the sentiment that's felt but at the same time uh burrow has expressed the need and the want to keep this team together and this core together so it's going to be interesting to see how the Bengals restructure deals around the house. Obviously, the Joe Mixon deal, the Trey Hendrickson deal that just got announced today. They're trying to make moves to make cap available. So I think it will be north of that figure that you've seen from Herbert. But be on the lookout for some team-friendly stuff potentially um, here soon as the Bengals kind of gear up for those big three extensions coming down the pipeline being Burrow. Higgins and Chase those are obviously the big tickets that the front office has to worry about uh they're keeping everything all the contract negotiations in-house that was per requested by Burrow and his team he said it's his in his words he thinks it's the best way to conduct business is behind closed doors so he they both seem pretty adamant about not talking about it not speculating so we're almost as much in the dark as you are Carl when it comes to this topic. 
Absolutely. And I mean, I guess we are going to speculate a little bit uh, with it. But mm-hmm. I, I think because I'm sitting there and I'm trying to think of a ballpark number. And I, I'm thinking uh, if it goes five years, which I, I think Burrow could get a little bit of a longer contract, uh, whatever it's going to be, I think it's going to be a bit backloaded. I think it's only going to be about $30 million a year up front and maybe even a little bit less than that. And then you're going to get like $65, $70 million down the road. Kind of like what the Browns are doing with the Deshaun Watson deal where they have really goofy numbers at the moment because it's like <laughs> they're paying him like $20 million this year and next year they're on the hook for $70 million. And that right. just keeps getting kicked down the line. But I... I think that we're going to see something along the lines of, if it goes five years, anywhere from five years, 270, that was a number I thought originally. I could see it even going up to $275 million. But I think the most likely is a contract, seven years, about $350 million. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't hate it. Um, obviously, uh, from Burroughs' camp, you saw what the 10-year deal with Mahomes kind of played out for Patrick Mahomes it's crazy to think with that big of a contract that Patrick Mahomes is being undervalued in any sort of way but that just goes to the greatness of who Patrick Mahomes is so that's why I think we've seen kind of the trend with quarterbacks trying to get that deal kind of a little bit shorter and shorter so I think that's why a lot of quarterbacks have landed on that five-year mark and I don't hate the 270 million dollar guess I'd probably be somewhere around there too just purely off speculation um but Burrow has been adamant about the fact that he loves Cincinnati. Um, he does like playing here, um, obviously from Athens. So uh, a little bit of a longer deal wouldn't be out of the realm of possibilities in my mind. Again, purely speculation. But again, it's just going to be exciting to see because he feels obviously like the first domino that has to fall uh, when it comes to this big three in Cincinnati. Absolutely. It'll be interesting to see. One other piece of NFL news, uh, real quickly looking at it, Jalen Ramsey went down and it was carted off uh, off of the field for the Miami Dolphins, and it, it did not look good. And uh, uh, he, he just tweeted this out uh, just a few minutes ago, and I'm going to pull it up and read it uh, word for word. Uh, quote, uh, and this is off his Twitter, at Jalen Ramsey. I'll be back on that field stronger than ever. Dot, 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 in due time. This is so minor for God's child. I trust fully and know he got me. I'm forever grateful to worship his name. I know his brother, my brother's gone. Hold it down until I'm back, though. Uh, and then, you know, rocking emoji, heart emoji. Uh, I appreciate the love and support. Time to get right. But, uh... That's uh, it's not that's not exactly a great sign if you're a Miami Dolphins fan, especially considering you know how much pain it seemed like Ramsey was in when he was getting carted off. Yeah, and actually, Carl, um, just one minute ago, Adam Schefter is breaking some news about Ramsey's injury. Uh, it says that he's expected to miss the start of the regular season with the injury he suffered during practice, but Ramsey's ACL is intact, so. Obviously, it looked really bad, and again, when you see a star player and an injury like that, I think a lot of fans' first knee-jerk reaction is to go to the worst-case scenario. Um, This is not great for Miami Dolphins fans, but you avoid the potential ACL tear. 
and you can have them potentially uh, for the second half push. So just, again, as the situation is developing kind of like what you said, and just one minute ago, new, new news is coming out. I, I will say I think it's really worrying for Ramsey just because, you know, he, he – I don't know how long he can stay at that level. I mean, he's been in the league for about eight or nine years now, and he, he's reaching towards the back end of that really good staying power cornerback. Like, I mean, Richard Sherman, his prime was like from 12, what, 2012 to like 2019. Ramsey seems to be reaching towards the – end of his prime years and this might usher it a little bit sooner with this injury and, and we know how important training camp can be for players so missing that with an injury plus you know with a knee injury even if it's not the ACL it, it's still an injury that takes a little bit to come back from so it'll be interesting to see if he still is up to that level that he has been at for about the last eight years once he comes back from that injury a hundred percent. Yeah, at age twenty-eight, it's going to be tough sledding for Jalen Ramsey coming back. It's going to be a definite grind for him to try and get to that point that he was at. Obviously, that you were talking about one of the best cornerbacks in the league, and he'll let you know about it too. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how quickly he can get back up to speed. Obviously, aging a little bit, um, and just kind of what you like you mentioned. It's going to be interesting to see. Um, how explosive he is in his return. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Ohio Bobcats. You got to go up to Media Day, Mac Media Day, up in uh, up in Detroit last week. It was last Thursday. Uh, we'll talk about that, plus about conference realignment when we come back. You're listening to the Sports Fan, presented by JNK Contracting. Here's what's going your hometown radio stations, 970 AM, WATH, and 97.3 FM, along with Pure Rock 105, XTQ FM, are here for you. Stay tuned for community updates, local news, weather, and, of course, local high school sports. Listen for local happenings like Here's What's Going On. And if your nonprofit group or organization has an upcoming event or any announcements, we would love to help spread the word. Just mail or bring the information to our studios located at 223 Columbus Road, Athens, Ohio, 4570. You can also send an email to PSA at WXTQ.com. Please try to have your information to us within two weeks of the event to help ensure ample time to get your message spread to the rest of our great communities. We are here for you and hope you enjoy the changes taking place. Southern Ohio and hometown proud. We are 970 AM WATH 97.3 FM at Pure Rock 105 WXTQ. Special interests spent millions lobbying corrupt politicians to call a special election this August, even though there's already one scheduled in November. Why? They're banking on you not paying attention, so polling places are left empty because they're trying to sneak something through, hoping you don't show up to vote. There's only one question on the ballot, a constitutional amendment called Issue 1. Issue 1 ends majority rule in Ohio, undermining the sacred principle of one person, one vote, taking away our right to decide what happens here and stripping freedom from we the people. Also, special interests get what they want instead. But you can stop them if you vote no on issue one. Early voting has already started. Find out how to vote at votenoinaugust.org. Don't be silenced on Tuesday, August 8th. Vote no on issue one. Paid for by one person, one vote. 
Live and local, the sports fan on 970 WATH. We got the wrong Guns N' Roses song for Cincinnati Bengals episode, tell you what. (laughs) (laughs) This is the sports fan, Carl Blaylock, Ian Studio. We got uh, Aiden Crowley joining us over the phone line, and uh, Aiden's the WUB's uh, sports director. You you got to go to... uh, Mac Media Day up in Detroit. How are the Bobcats looking? Obviously, massive expectations this year. Yeah, uh, Carl, like you mentioned, it's a different position than they were last year. Uh, that was kind of the sentiment I got. A lot more cameras and eyes around this Ohio football team. Obviously, if you look at last year around this time, the expectations just weren't there. I believe they were selected fifth in the Mac East. And uh, just questions about quarterback uh, Curtis Rourke and what he's going to look like. He struggled two years ago, and then obviously this past season completely blew those expectations out of the water and proved a lot of those people wrong. And now it's they're going from the hunter or the, excuse me the hunters to the hunted this upcoming season. And so the sentiment around this team is that they're accepting that challenge and they're looking to kind of set the tone early. And I'm excited to see what they come out with to start the season. They have a little bit of a difficult non-conference schedule, but their eyes are getting back to Detroit and uh, completing the mission, obviously. Absolutely. And, I mean, who do you think are going to be some names? Because I can't think off the top of my head of anybody, real any big losses. I think maybe one or two on defense. But – on the offensively, I, I can't think of any losses. You've still got Weagalus, who got first team, uh, All-Mac preseason. Rourke's still there. The running backs are still there. There's a, there's a lot of good players. Yeah, I think the biggest loss for OU going into this season is their anchor on that defensive line, Kai Caesar. And he was just a guy in the locker room that he was the leader. He was the guy that everybody looked to maybe when things were going wrong. Uh, he was the guy who settled everybody down and get them to where they needed to be and just a joy to be around. Uh, so that's their biggest loss, I think. But like you mentioned, this offense is loaded going into this season. Obviously, C.A. Bangura having that freshman campaign that he had, they're looking for a sophomore surge out of him. They still have the weapons on the outside. And Curtis Roark coming back off of that ACL tear, he's told us that he's feeling well. He says he's on schedule. Uh, in his recovery, his road to try and get back onto the field. And for that offensive line, uh, you keep the anchor, Parker Titsworth, the center, on the offensive front. So a lot of eyes are going to be on this loaded offense for the Bobcats who are going to be putting up a lot of big numbers, hopefully, going into this season. Who do you think might step up on defense and end up being that uh, replace Kai Caesar as that captain role? Yeah, so at Mac Media Day, uh, the representative chosen for the defense because typically how it works, you bring a coach, an offensive player, a defensive player. So the defensive player chosen for the Ohio Bobcats was Bryce Houston, and he's the perfect guy for that role. He's not as bo- boisterous as Kai Caesar. Uh, Kai Caesar had a loud personality in the most in the best way possible. Uh, Bryce is a little bit more reserved in that right, but. He just seems like a very relaxed presence 
He studies the game really well. He's told me that he's watched a ton of tape this offseason, and he just seems like that big brother role for a lot of these younger guys. I think of guys like Torrey Cox, who had an amazing campaign this past year at cornerback. He's going to need somebody to kind of set the expectation for what it's like to go into your second year after having such a good freshman campaign because you can't be complacent, you can't be relaxed, you have to continue to push, and I think Bryce Houston is going to be a major factor for that. And then, obviously, uh, alongside him, Pete Thompson, the other linebacker for him, he is more lead by example. He's kind of that alpha dog on the field, plays with a lot of emotion. So look for those two guys. They always say they're the good cop, bad cop, Bryce being the good cop and uh, Pete Thompson being the bad cop. <laughs> what did you see from some other teams around? I know one, one surprise that I saw from the MAC. Uh, preseason poll was how low uh, that uh, Kent State was. Yeah, uh, Kent State obviously this past season being uh, OU's only conference loss. So um, it was, again, kind of a shock to see them that low. But they did lose a lot of pieces on both sides of the ball. So in just with the MAC and the state that it's been and how much parity there is in the conference, you'll have that flock. And obviously with the pieces that they lose, uh, the biggest one being uh, Cephas, the wide receiver that they had transferring out, who absolutely torched Ohio State and gave them headaches in that Kent State matchup, uh, transferring out after a very good season. So it's guys like that that they won't have to lean on anymore, and that's why you see them drop all the way down to the bottom of the Mackeys uh, when you were talking about the coaches' poll that came out. Looking at the uh, Mac West, Toledo took 11 of the first-place votes, but a surprising team in second is Eastern Michigan. Oh, absolutely. Uh, they're a team that kind of flew under the radar a little bit, I think, this offseason. Uh, they're in a similar situation a little bit to OU. Obviously, didn't have the same success uh, this past season in the MAC, but they're returning a lot of the same guys. Um, and specifically, uh, their running back is selected to a lot of MAC preseason teams. If you look at uh, reports such as Bleacher Report, that's where um, you'll see the, the nod there. Um, but they're just returning a lot of firepower, specifically on the offensive side of the ball. And I'd be remiss not to shout out uh, a fellow Mason person. I'm from Mason, Ohio, and one of their better receivers in that receiving core for Eastern Michigan, Tanner Canoe, uh, is going into his final year. So just a little shout-out there. But they're just returning a lot of veterans um, in that locker room. So look for them to be kind of a dark horse team in this match. It'll be interesting to see. Before we flip over to conference realignment, do want to get this out there. Uh, at uh, uh, Deanna Rossini, uh, at Deanna ESPN, uh, has just tweeted out that uh, Bengals sources have confirmed what head coach Zach Taylor shared after practice. Joe Burrow has a strained calf. That's all it is. So exhale, Bengals fans. Yeah. <laughs> Take a deep breath. <laughs> now, one of the more interesting things, and we were talking about this uh, before we got on the air this uh, this afternoon, was uh, conference realignment. Buffalo is now confirmed. It is confirmed. It's gone through all the proper channels. They are a member of the Big 12 for the 2024 season. They're back. Um, now, <laughs> I think this signals the pack, uh, death of the Pac-12, I-, I think, easily. 
and it, it deserves to die. If we're being honest, <laughs> you can't have you can't have all the secrecy and mystery. It's like they're going to try to pull. It, it, you know, you don't have a sorting hat that tells you who's going to broadcast your games. It, <laughs> I, it's it felt like. It felt like the writing was on the wall for the Pac-12 pretty early on in this conference realignment talk, and now we just kind of see how the script is sort of playing out for them, and it turns out that all the writing that was on the wall for them turned out to be true, and they're kind of caught in a very difficult position, like you mentioned. I I mean, it's crazy, because you think about... You think about uh, back in early... You know, 2021... Uh, when it broke that Texas and Oklahoma were going to jump ship and go over to the go over to the SEC, you, you immediately thought the Big Twelve is dead. And yet, not only have they survived this, they've turned around and they've thrived. And I think it really shows the leadership and really the lack of leadership in the Pac-12. The Pac-12 has no leadership at the moment and you can tell the fact that their media rights deal has been pushed back a year a year a year a year you know all everyone else's media rights deals have been done since like they, they've been done for a while they've been done since like i think the big 12 got theirs done in like february maybe march and we're still sitting here in August almost within a year of the rights deal expiring and we still have no clue where Pac-12 games are going to go on it's it's been an absolute it's been shambolic leadership for the last two commissioners of the Pac-12 so it's not surprising at all but it's going to be interesting to see where the pieces go yeah that's that's the biggest question now because obviously you don't want to be that last team stuck around in the Pac-12 looking around like, uh, where did everybody go? You know what I mean? Um, So you want to be one of the first ones to jump on. Obviously, a lot of speculation surrounding Oregon, I think, is one of the next dominoes that's going to fall. But like you mentioned, just some questions in the leadership. um, And as a result, you kind of see the pieces starting to crumble around the Pac-12. Absolutely. I I think the teams that are smart enough, the teams that are smart enough and that – reach the level uh, that the Big Ten wants uh, for academics. Because, you know, the Big Ten, they they don't let academic slouches into the Big Ten. Uh, that's the whole reason why West Virginia is not in the Big Ten. You, you have to be a, a really good academic school. And that kind of limits the schools that you can get from out west. You know, you're not going to get... Uh, you're not going to get like a Washington State or an Oregon State. I don't think they're going to join the Big Ten, but I do think that I I think I see a path where Oregon, Washington, Cal, and Stanford join the Big Ten. Um, I think the corner schools, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, they join the uh, Big Twelve, and I would love Utah to be in the Big Twelve. Uh, I, I I cannot state this enough. One of the most underrated rivalries in college football is the Holy War between BYU and Utah. Anytime that's on, that is must-watch television. If we can get that as a conference game again, oh my goodness, that's going to be must-watch TV. Uh, it, it's just going to be it's going to be mayhem here soon. And Carl, aren't you excited for these? UCLA, Penn State games, 
and you get a potential snow game, and UCLA has to travel to Penn State and play in those snow games. It's going to be situations like that where we're just in a completely new ball game when it comes to the landscape of college football. I can't wait for USC to have to go up to Minnesota in November. That's going to be fun. (laughs) (laughs) Buckle up, Caleb Williams. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, I I do like, and I really like the TV deal. I mean, uh, myself and Jacob Mata earlier in the week, we were talking through uh, what the reported TV deal uh, that came out on Twitter was and, like, what the games were going to be for NBC. And there's some really solid football games on it. Um that NBC picked up. It's not just going to be Fox gets all the games. There's going to be some very quality games in the primetime slot. I think the number one one that I saw was Ohio State has to go to Camp Randall on Halloween weekend. That's a night game. That's scary. I, if you're a Buckeye fan, you're getting PTSD to uh, 2011 and Russell Wilson. But Absolutely. Uh, it always seems like Wisconsin is kind of a trap game for Ohio State, and especially now that they have head coach uh, Luke Fickle. You know, it's, just, it's another wrinkle in that uh, in that uh, competition that you get, uh, and it always seems like Wisconsin plays Ohio State well. Absolutely, and I mean, you got a few other games that are in that Michigan, Michigan State, that's going to be prime time on NBC. That's a great schedule right there. Uh, one other thing that I think is a conference that I think is the big winner out of this. And the agenda is going to live on forever. The agenda is not going to die. The Mountain West, the Mountain West is now the best conference of the West Coast. And it's not debatable. Not anymore. (laughs) It's not debatable anymore. They're better in in, uh, basketball. They're going to be better in football here in a bit. I think what's going to happen is you're going to get the four corner schools. They're going to go to the Big 12. The schools that are smart enough to go to the... uh, Schools that are smart enough to go to the Big Ten are going to go to the Big Ten. So that that's your Cal, Berkeley. Uh, that's your Cal. That's your Stanford, Oregon, Washington. That leaves Oregon State, Washington State, and one other one other team. Who am I missing here? Oregon State. No, I'm not missing. I'm not missing anybody because there's nine teams right now. You got the three, the four, that's seven. Yeah, uh, uh, Washington State and Oregon State, I, I think, are going to be Mountain West members. And I think the Mountain West, there, there's the Mountain West has a lot of viability, uh, especially you pick up Oregon State and Washington State teams that have mediocre to good um, football tradition. I think you pick them up. I, I think the Mountain West football conference is really viable in this expanded playoff with with 12 te- with a 12 team playoff I, I think that they have a pretty good chance of being a solid conference I am not saying that they're going to be like I don't think that they're going to be the big they're not going to be rivaling the big 10 or the SEC but I think that the Mountain West Conference if they pick up you know mountain or if they pick up a few more schools, I could see them being a lot like what we saw out of, um, like what we saw out of the American uh, for the last about ten years, out of the last five years with UCF, Cincinnati, Houston, etc., where you have quite you have two or three good teams that are always ranked towards the back half of the tur- uh, back half 
I, I think I see that with the Mountain West. No, I, I don't hate that at all. All I'll say to that, Carl, is I hope that everybody finds something in life that they're as passionate about as you are about the Mount West. That, that's all I'll say about that. I, I just truly hope <laughs> that we will someday find something that we can be as passionate about. I love it. The amount of money I'm going to win uh, <laughs> one, one, once we get into basketball season that I'm going to sports bet and win. <laughs> on Mountain West basketball is going to be astronomical. It's going to be a lot of money. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait to watch it, man. I can't wait. It, it, it'll be fun. Aiden Crowley, thanks for joining us. Hope, hope to have you on uh, some more during the season. Hope to get you on a, a lot more uh, as WOUB Sports Director Aiden Crowley. Absolutely, Carl. This has been awesome. Thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. We'll take a break. When we come back, I think it's going to be Immaculate Grid time. I'm going to fill that out with my dad. He's going to call in in just a minute here on The Sports Fan, presented by JNK Contracting. Hi, I'm Kim, and this is Ruth. Please join us every Wednesday morning on 970 WATH to make it happen. It's the Kim and Ruth Show. Well, it's really not, it's the, not the Kim and Ruth Show. It's really... Tune in to Make It Happen with Kim and Ruth every Wednesday morning at 10.06. And we'll spend time talking about health and wellness topics and all aspects of healthy living. But we know that you're the real expert in your health, so let us help you make it happen. Wednesday morning on 970 WATH to make it happen. This summer is all about chilling in the water and waiting for the McDonald's app to drop tasty deals. Maybe it'll be a mix and match in the morning with two of my breakfast favorites for just $4.49. Or maybe it'll be a four for $5 deal in the afternoon. Ooh, let's see what it is. 20% off my entire order with $3 minimum purchase. Who wants Mickey D's, y'all? I'm buying. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Offer valid 7-1-23 to 8-31-23 at participating McDonald's. Valid once a day. Valid when product served. When will the danger become crystal clear? When you read another statistic? When it happens to your neighbor? When your family is shattered? When will you finally take action? Don't let another family's life fall to pieces due to the dangers of unsafe railroad crossings. Report bad railroad crossings at angelsontrack.org. That's angelsontrack.org. Because bad crossings kill good drivers. Sponsored by Angels on Track, aired by OAB and the station. You're listening to 970 WATH and the Sports Fan. Yes, he is the Sports Fan. Great to have Aiden Crowley join us for the first two segments. And uh, big, uh, big news. Uh, we've got an update again on the Jalen Ramsey uh, situation. Uh, if you missed it earlier, we talked about it. Ramsey down and was carted off with a knee injury. Uh, Jalen Ramsey is going to undergo meniscus surgery. He's expected to miss six to eight weeks. So uh, let's do a little bit of math here. One week, two week, three week, four week, five week, six week. You know, honestly, he he might might make it if it's the lower timetable for that. He might still make it uh, for the beginning of the season. So uh, that that could be a possibility. Uh, so we could see Jalen Ramsey right at the right at the beginning of the season. I don't think he's going to be completely one hundred percent, but 
you know, it'll be better than, uh, it'll be better than him not being, you know, not a thousand, you know, it'll be better than him not being on the field at all. I will say I I am intrigued to see because he's getting old, man. He's getting old. I I don't know how well he's going to come back from injuries, but it's been real interesting. And another interesting thing going on in the NFL at the moment is whatever the heck is going on between Jim Irsay and uh, Jonathan Taylor's agent. Because it's getting ugly and it's stupid. It's absolutely stupid. <sighs> Jonathan Taylor's agent... Uh, I don't know. Because Jonathan Taylor loves the Colts. He's always loved the Colts. He showed up to camp, and then suddenly he didn't. Um, It's it's something. Um, And Jim Irsay, it, it starts... It starts with Jim Irsay saying about the running back situation, we've negotiated a CBA that took years of effort and hard work and compromise and good faith by both sides. To say now that a specific player category wants another renegotiation is inappropriate. Then, Makai Kawa, who is the... Uh, he is the uh, agent for Jonathan Taylor. Uh, he 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 says bad faith is not paying your top offensive player. He has beef against Jim Irsay, and now the Colts might not get the rest of it. I don't know. It's it's dumb, but it's time to fill out the immaculate grid. And uh, got my dad on the phone. Hey, Dad, you there? Yep, I'm here. Great having you on. Uh, have you been seeing uh, the little bit of drama between the Colts and Jim, or between Jonathan Taylor and Jim Irsay? Well, it is what it is. I go, <laughs> you, everybody that wants to get their money. <laughs> it's just great to be a Colts fan. Uh, we got, we got about, we got, we got to do this a little quickly. But immaculate grid time on the top. We got the Giants, the Padres, Gold Glove. On the side, the Cardinals, the Angels, and 40-plus home run season. Uh, for Giants, 40-plus home run season, I, I'm going to put the obvious answer. Uh, we're going to put... Huh? Ooh, you know what? Yeah, no, we'll put McCovey. <laughs> that, that's definitely not the obvious answer, but yeah, we'll put we'll put Willie McCovey. Um, ooh, maybe we shouldn't have put McCovey. Didn't McCovey play for the Angels? For Angels? Angels, no, no, no. Giants? For, no, for... Oh, uh, I, already, I, already put, I already put down McCovey. Um, no, but made it, though. Bobby, Bobby yeah, Bonds. Bobby Bonds Bobby played Bonds for the played Angels. For the Angels. Yeah, so we'll put down Bobby Bonds for Angels... Angels, Giants. Uh, and then Cardinals, Giants. Hmm. Oh, let's think about... Uh, any relief pitcher you can think of? Not really, no. And I feel like there's a really big name that we're going to forget played here. played for the Giants. Did he play for the Cardinals? I don't think he played for the Cardinals. No, he only played for about everybody else. Yeah. 
Uh, well, let's let's skip that one. Let's go Cardinals, Padres. Trent Grisham. Wasn't Trent Grisham a Cardinal? Uh, I don't remember him being a Cardinal, but Maybe he not. probably was. That doesn't mean anything. I no. Uh, well, let's get Padre 40-plus home run season. Who, who, who might have that? Tatis? Uh, what about Soto? Did he do it last year? I don't think he did it last year. Even if he did, it was like a split season, so I don't know if it would count. I'd imagine it would. But um, let's see who else. Uh, Dave Winfield. Yeah, that would be a good one. I'll put, I'll put him down. He did not. He did not. He did oh. not. Unbelievable. I thought he Wow. Was. Yeah. There, there's a couple other ones that go um, but. Uh, oh, car. Shoot. Yeah. <laughs> hmm? Who's their, uh, oh, man, I go, 30 home runs, I got a lot of people, but. Yeah, Gwen never had 40 home runs. He was more of a contact no, hitter, right? Yeah. More of a contact hitter. Um, let's go, well, let's go Cardinals Golden Glove. Should we go Ozzy? Yeah, that's easy. Eight, only 18% of people said it, so it's not that easy. Uh, no, it was, though. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, Angel, Angels Golden Glove, who, who could that be? Trout? Huh? Trout? Did he get a gold? I, I think he got a Golden Glove. Pretty good fielder. Yeah. Uh, but do you need... Well, Trout never ever played for anybody else, so... Nope, okay, you're good. Let's go Trout. He has it. No way. I, I believe it. I didn't think. Uh, gold Glove. Reggie Jackson? No. No? known for his gloves. I thought he was a decent outfielder. Yeah, he was, but n- n- not by that time in his career. Okay, true enough. Uh, Gold Glover. Um, who was our first baseman for a while? Pujols, but I don't think Pujols. Uh, I don't think Pujols won a Gold Glove with the Angels, did he? I don't think he won one with the Angels. He more DH more than anything. Who 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 was uh, really good out of that 2002 team? Um, but you had all the uh, I don't know I go. I can't think of anybody that was a Gold Glove though. Yeah. Um. Well, let's let's go uh, forty plus home run season Gold Glove. Who might that plus. be? Oh, that's easy, Johnny Bench. Bench. Johnny Bench. Yep, only point six people thought that. Point six percent. Um, we got three guesses left. We still got Cardinals Giants. It seems like we're missing a big guy. Tommy Pham. I'm thinking Tommy. Oh no, Tommy. Fa- Tommy Pham for. Uh, Tommy Pham for Cardinals. Uh, Padres. Yep. There you go. Yep. So there's that. Um, so we got Cardinals, Giants, and. Uh, 
We didn't uh, get to Padres' 40 home runs, did we? No, not yet. We still got two guesses left. We don't really want to. So what do we got now, quickly? Uh, Cardinals, Cardinals, Giants, Angels, Padres. Angels, Padres. Um, did uh, Manny Moda play for both? Uh, let, let's go for it. He did not. Oh, shoot. I go, I'm thinking, one of them guys did. I'm thinking a Lou. I'm thinking a Lou roulette. Do we want to um, go Moses, Jesus, or Matty? Or Felipe? Go Felipe. Felipe did not. Matty did then. Uh, yeah, I, I knew it was one of them. Uh, average day was 6.3. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go through... We'll, we'll take a quick break, and then we'll go through some names maybe we should have gotten. Here are the Sports Fan, presented by JNK Contracting. Total Media Radio's Pure Rock 98.7 WYRO and Pure Rock 105 XTQFM proudly present the Rent-to-Own Homegrown Happy Hour with Ben Davis Jr., live from the porch at Riley Smokehouse in Jackson. Rent-to-own homegrown happy hour with Ben Davis Jr. continues this Thursday night featuring the Appalachian bluegrass folk sounds of Greenup, Kentucky's Jace Turley. Got them cowboy hats and them old pearl snaps like the outlaws from way back when. If you're looking for a great evening Take out, come join us on the porch at Rowdy's and be a part of the musical journey while enjoying a great Rowdy Smokehouse dinner. And of course, it's happy hour, so Rowdy's will have some great drink specials too. Rent-to-own homegrown happy hour presented this week by Buckeye Construction and Restoration. Restoring, preserving, and protecting since 1984. Only on Pure Rock 98.7 WYRO, Pure Rock 105 XTQFM, and around the world on the Total Media Radio app. Voting. It's more than just a right, it's a responsibility. A freedom that many have fought and died to protect. This August 8th, there is an important election and we need you to make your voice heard. Polls will be open on Election Day, and early in-person and absentee voting is available right now. No matter which method you choose, you can be confident that your vote is secure and your voice will be heard. Go to VoteOhio.gov to learn more. Sponsored by the Ohio Secretary of State's Office. Aired by OAB and this station. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. You're listening to The Sports Fan on 970 WATH. This is The Sports Fan presented by J&K Contracting. And, uh, oh, we missed some big names on it as per normal. Uh, Dave Winfield only, he, the most he ever got uh, home runs wise for a Padre uh, is, where did I, I'm, I lost it. There it is. 34 in 1979, so uh, not him. The number one for each of these, uh, Carlos Beltran for Cardinals-Giants, Hunter Renfro for Angels-Padres, Angelton Simmons for Angels-Golden Glove. I still can't believe Mike Trout has not won a Golden Glove. 
and uh, Fernando Tatis for 40-plus home run season and the Padres. But I, I, I'm more stunned. Like Mike Trout, had, I could have sworn, because, you, you know, it was all over the Internet for years, that catch he made in the center field. Uh, you know, like one of his first few seasons as an angel. I could have sworn he, he, he would have won. But guess not. So, uh, yeah. Time to look at our surefire hot picks. There's not much. Uh, how about Shohei Otani, though, today? We'll, we'll talk about that real quick. Otani pitched a complete game, one hitter in game one of the doubleheader against the Tigers today. Then, in the second game, he's had two home runs. So, a real impressive game. And, uh, well, let's see. The Guardians are playing today. The White Sox are coming in on a five-game losing streak. Tanner Beebe's on the mound up against Dylan Cease. But uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm going gut with this. I, I think that the White Sox win. I think the White Sox win. So uh, we're going to go White Sox money line over the Guardians. That is the surefire hot pick for today. Uh, hey, make sure to join us tomorrow. We're going to have... Vinton County head football coach T.J. Carper, and we're only four. We, we're only three weeks away from the first game of the college or college football, high school football season. College football is coming up too, so it is an exciting time. And we're going to have T.J. Carper, uh, Vinton County's head football coach, on tomorrow. He'll talk about his team. That'll be right here on the Sports Fan 606. Uh, make sure to tune in. 